hate it when that happens. Nobody cares about the blind. I care, Dick. My name's not Dick. Now Roy and Shirley, they searched and searched every day and night. Who the hell's Roy? Then one day, they finally found it, and it was love again at first sight. Well, here it is. Roy? I ain't having no daughter of mine hanging around with some guy that has to sit down and take a leak and that's it. <laughs> I don't think your father likes me very much. Careful now. Nobody gives a good goddamn! Hey, look out! Love at first sight. Oh, God! An irreverent yet sensitive look. Okay, Roy, look scared. A <clears throat> movie about love at first sight. Do I look like a dick? I think you're terrific. Love at first sight. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. I'm your host, Scott White, and I have returning from the Canadian movie crew. Let's hear for Derek and Mark. Hello, gentlemen. Scott, how you doing, sir? Thanks for having us on. Finally. I noticed that uh, you've been on our show like a dozen times, and now we're finally getting on your show. Yes. And I picked you guys... I want to hear this, this reason. Is, we're doing a Canadian film. This was Dan Aykroyd's first film called Love at First Sight. This is weird for me because not only had I never seen this movie, I never even heard of this movie till like three weeks ago when I saw it. And I got the VHS tape off of eBay. So I thought, you know, I'll get my, get my Canadian buddies on here. And you guys both watched it today, I believe, right before the podcast. That's True. right, yeah. <clears throat> oh yeah and uh, actually i didn't even know this was a canadian movie and then i spotted something that uh, all of a sudden like clued me in and i was like okay yeah not nah, yeah yeah this is coming <laughs> and then it, and then all the canadian because it it's just kind of generic small town and you don't know if he's trying to film it like it's small town america or the in the credits they repackaged it making dan Aykroyd the star but in the credits he gets second billing behind this mary and McDonald, and I was just wondering, is, was she big in Canada? Was she a, a big Canadian actress? I don't, I've never heard of her before, so I'm just asking you guys if you know anything about her. I haven't heard of her. I, I, she's new to me. I mean, I, I was three years old when this came out, so, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I've never heard of her before, um, at, or since, to be honest, yeah. I'm just looking her up right now. I don't think so. Were there well, I- any... Canadian actors or actresses in this movie or maybe not famous, but like uh, Canadian character actors, anybody, any familiar face in this movie that might be known in Canada, but not known in the States besides Dan Aykroyd. Not that I'm aware of. Uh, No, this is, this is what, okay. There's in Canada, we, we, we have sort of an idea of what a Canadian movie is. This one doesn't check many boxes. It does check the low quality. Yes. Um, it does check the probably only has one camera. Yeah. Um, it checks the um, the bad editing where there's a lot of uh, room in between a cut and the and the first line spoken. Yeah. Uh, but that could also be someone new. Usually within Canadian movies, there's some kind of reference to indigenous people. There's snow on the ground, which I think there is in this movie. Uh, not really, no. No, no. I don't but, remember. I don't remember any snow. 
but they, they do try and, and work in a landmark or two. In this case, obviously, the big one being the Canadian side of Niagara Falls. Yeah. And another one that I want to get to later, which boggled my mind, but that's not <clears throat> that that I couldn't believe it. Um, but we'll, we'll get there. Well, just the, the, the one thing I will say is that uh, watching this movie, I think Dan Aykroyd is even though this is his first movie, I think he's too good for this movie. Yeah. Because I believe that he's blind in this movie. I don't believe a single fucking thing from any other character. Everyone else looks like they're acting. No one, no one makes me believe their character. I just, I believe Dan Aykroyd, barring the script, because uh, that's awful, and we'll get to that. But Dan Aykroyd, I believe. So I believe that there's, I believe he's talent, just from this movie. Everyone else, maybe not so much. Actually, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go against that just a wee bit, uh, just because <clears throat> in the beginning of the movie, yes, I believe it. Like he's got his routine, he knows like his work, his home, he's got it all set up, and he knows where everything is. And my understanding is that's how you have to kind of get by if you're blind is gonna memorize where everything is. Sure. And and we see what happens when it gets moved around. The problem is later on in the movie when they're at a new location and he's getting by just fine. Like sometimes he doesn't even have his walking stick and he's like going to get pastry and it's like and then yeah. and then and to your point though Derek uh, Shirley on the other hand is missing things that are extremely obvious to those who have sight and, <laughs> yeah. and doesn't seem to get it and <laughs> so I don't know what they're doing is this a, let me ask you guys is this a comedy I watched it's... the trailer I watched the trailer and apparently it is really it has it because in the trailer the trailer is either someone saying a line or someone doing a pratfall in which in this movie, there are tons uh, yeah. her falling over when he, when she first goes over to his place, uh, the, the one guy, the, the, her father yelling and then, you know, him falling down, him getting hit by uh, the bicycle or him getting oh, yeah. them getting almost hit by the car at the beginning of the movie. So there's a lot of pratfalls. So it does seem like a comedy. Cause I, I was actually curious after I watched, I'm like, what, what could possibly have driven people into the theater to see this movie? But Is that guy from Saturday Night Live, I guess. I I guess, <laughs> but like, but well, the, but there's but there's a there's a poster they keep cutting to, and it's a poster of a really bad drawing of like this woman walking away and a blind cane lifting up her skirt. Yes, I saw that as well. It's trying to package it as a sex comedy i think that's what so that poster looks like really and then they repackaged it they uh, in the repackage on the dv on the vhs cover they have a dog uh and but and there's no okay. there's no seeing eye dog in this no dog? there's no dog at all in there's this no movie dog at all. the gist of the movie is and 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 we exchanged uh some uh emails before this there is there is no plot to this movie it's literally love at first sight she walks into a store where dan Aykroyd is working and she immediately falls in love with him there's no reason for it yeah you don't feel the connection dan Aykroyd's not an ugly man but he's not an adonis so usually love at first sight happens either the person is gorgeous 
or they do something extraordinary that makes you fall in love with them. None of that happens. Well, uh, but th- and that's the thing. It's like they meet, and then the rest of the movie is their relationship. And it's just them going on dates, them meeting uh, her parents. Her dad doesn't like him because he's in, he's just a stereotypical angry dad from the 70s. It's him trying to get a job. And then her grandmother gives them $3,000 to go away and quote unquote do something good with it. So, <laughs> so they just decide, they just decide, fuck it, we'll go to Niagara Falls where she takes him sightseeing. <laughs> Why? Yeah, He's the, blind. And that's the one thing in this movie is that she never learns how to deal with blind people. Yeah. Because er, earlier on, like, he's trying to teach her, like, oh, the lights are off. Oh, I guess that makes sense because, you know, you're blind and blah, blah, blah and everything. But she starts moving shit around his apartment. She keeps saying, hey, look at this. Come over here. Yeah, when, when was what? the last time you saw your dad? <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> No, you're right. This this movie shows me why I go to movies. This is just normal life. I have that. Yeah. I don't want to watch that on film. This movie, what happens in this movie, is the reason why I go to like Star Wars and other. You know what I mean? Why uh, our last one, Steven Seagal movies? Why I wanted to watch those because <laughs> that. <the, laughs> you know what I mean? Like because <laughs> I have all you know, not all of this, but I mean, it's just so ho hum. How'd you lose your sight? Steven Seagal took me to the bank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got punched in the eyes by Steven Seagal. Now that's a story. I want to see that. You know? even, even his losing his sight is mundane. He looked at a solar eclipse, and that's how he lost his sight. Yeah. And that's even mundane It's and stupid. He, he might as well have said that he was 13 and he masturbated a lot and his parents were right. It's so mundane. Like, and I, I was trying to think throughout the movie, is this a movie where it's trying to tell you, the audience, how tough blind people have it and how other handicapped people have it? Because we have somebody in, uh, he goes into a, uh, she goes into a restaurant and there's a guy with a stutter. A bad one. A really bad stutter trying to order, and it's obviously very difficult for him, and yeah. you kind of feel bad for him, and you kind of think, well, okay, well, maybe this movie is making uh, a statement about how tough it is to live a normal life when you're when you have a handicap. Um, no, it, it the the scene plays for nothing. There's no resolution to it. There's no follow-up they, to it. Yeah, it they don't come along back. and try. Yeah, they don't try and help the guy. The poor guy order his whatever he was trying to order. It's it's almost like they're just doing a series of bits. It is like like I could see, the, especially when when uh, they go to his her. Uh, sorry, when they go to his apartment, and she's the one falling down. 
in my mind, I saw it as an SNL bit where Dan Aykroyd's playing a blind guy and all the sighted people in the cast are like, Garrett, was Garrett Morrison on the show at the time? I think he was. Yes. Um, you know, Garrett Morrison and all them, uh, Jane Curtin, they're the ones falling down and the blind guy is doing just fine. Like it's, it, that's to me what this was. It's like an elongated version of that, of, of that sketch premise. Not that I've seen one like that, but I'm just imagining he wrote something like that and said, hey, maybe, or someone did. I just don't understand why this movie was made. It's mundane. It's besides Ackeroid, as you said, all the acting is poor. You were talking about resolution. There's a whole bunch of stuff that's set up that's never, like for some reason, whenever you go to Dan Ackeroid's apartment, there's an old lady sitting outside his apartment. And the camera always lingers on her. Yeah. So you think, you think, okay, well, she's going to fit nothing. Not, she has nothing to do with anything. She's just an old woman sitting on the stoop. She's the landlord. Oh, yeah. She's the one who changes the signs, right? She's the <clears throat> one that changes the sign from one apartment available to, or one room available to two rooms available. And I'm like, oh, because the whole time she's there, like the, like the grandmother comes in. There's a scene where the her grandmother really likes Roy, who is Dan Aykroyd in this movie, and she's going to go visit him to give him the three thousand dollars to you know run away with my with, with my granddaughter. Um, you guys are in love, blah blah blah. So she goes to his house, but he's not but he's not home. So she goes to the wrong house. She goes to the neighbor's house. The neighbor thinks that she's someone that died now didn't die so she's oh welcome back welcome back welcome back the landlord is right there doesn't say a fucking word even though she's seen him she's seen this woman numerous times going to see roy i think she was just someone that just sat on there and the director was like whatever shoot around her she she's a fortune teller though she has a uh, like a sign up she's a palmist does she yes so, I, like you, Scott, I was thinking, okay, she's going to tell Roy's future at some point, and, oh, you're going to meet the one, or, you know, uh, you're going to run away together, uh, something, right? But no, and something. She, she has zero words. I guess they didn't want to pay her. They just paid her, like, whatever <laughs> extras get paid, because she has zero lines, just severe looks, and change a sign. There's their extra pay. That's all we could afford. Sorry. We can't afford to pay you to speak. So you pointing that out makes it even... A bigger head scratcher. Yes. Like, if you're going to yeah. set her up as a fortune teller, let her tell a fortune. Chekhov's uh, fortune teller. Oh, it, it is. There's scenes that start, and then they cut off kind of early, and some go yes. on, and others go on too long. Um, and what Shirley's backstory confused the hell out of me. When she, when what she, backstory? When she's trying to tell about something about her grandpa and her grandma and it's not like when she's telling it oh, right. it's when when grandma is at park church and, <laughs> yes. and they're sitting off on the park bench and she's kind of giving her backstory about how her it's her her mom's mother that lives with them so her dad doesn't like her uh and grandpa died and that's why they, and she used to work at mcdonald's and not the grandma but shirley did and it's just the, it's just so clumsily written. I'm like, what? Uh, you know what? Never mind. Like, luckily, we go and meet the parents, so the home life is kind of better established by showing us rather than telling us, right? 
And I, I love she just drops her grandma off at the movies. That's to me like that's how well, the how this whole movie starts. She drop is her dropping her grandma off at the movie. She doesn't want to go with her to see Gone with the Wind. <laughs> but again, but it, no, but I, you watch the movie and you kind of learn that the grandmother goes almost every day to Gone with the Wind. Yeah. So it's like she has Alzheimer's. And this is, again, this is another thing where it's, it's like, are you trying to tell us how to deal with the handicapped where she's going to the same movie over and over again because she doesn't remember seeing the movie over, over and over and over again. Um, so she drives her grandmother to the theater and pays for a ticket and she goes in. But then, but then her grandmother buys a bird. She buys a bird. Never what? seen or heard from again. No, and that scene is one of those ones that goes on way too long. Yeah. Like it's trying to be funny with her trying to pick which one and then the guy can't find the one that she's talking about. And it just. Like he's a horrible bird salesman because he can't pick out the bird. (laughs) Yeah. And she buys a bird and then it just goes away. Yep. Just buy. Well, uh, yeah, that that scene was totally for comic relief. It wasn't particularly funny and it went on way too long. Yeah. Yeah, well, there, and there's a lot of that too. Like, and it, like, like the characters don't even make sense. Like, the father doesn't like Roy because how is he going to support you? He doesn't, and he even mentions, "Oh, great, he doesn't even drive." Motherfucker, yeah. your daughter picks you up from work and t- drops you off. You don't drive. <laughs> how dare you? You have one car for the entire family, despite the fact that we see that he has a tow truck. So why isn't he driving the tow truck to and from yeah, work? See, he drives it drive... to Niagara Falls. Yeah, yeah. He, he drives his tow truck all the way to Niagara Falls to pick up his car. He's going to tow it home. Good <laughs> Lord. So the, the budgie scene, though, real quick. We see the, them pick up the budgie. Drop it. Uh, they dro- she drops Grandma off at the nursing home. And then they're together in the very next scene. Cut to her and grandma yeah. hanging out again. It's like, whoa, wait, what? I thought you just dropped her off at the nursing home. Yeah. Wait, why is she at the nursing home? She lives upstairs. They wanted to do that bit with the guy with the cigarette. They pull up next to a guy with a cigarette. Oh, my God. Oh. And this is a little nitpick. So there's this old guy outside the nursing home smoking a cigarette and Dan Aykroyd is sitting in the car with the windows down from what, from everything I've heard, when you lose your sight, your other senses become heightened. And this guy is blowing cigarette smoke in Dan Aykroyd's face. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't, and da- that doesn't affect Dan Aykroyd. But when the guy speaks, Dan Aykroyd jumps. So, <laughs> yeah. You're, so yeah, he would have known that that guy. He would have smelled that smoke. Even if you're not blind, you're not. You're going to smell that smoke with your regular senses. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, yeah. Because this movie with credits is only 85 minutes long. So uh-huh. I'm saying without credits, this movie is probably 80 minutes long. Hour 20 minutes of actual movie, and it feels like two hours. Oh yeah, I took a break actually part way through. Too. I, and I got, I, I made myself another coffee, went to the washroom, uh, signed up for TikTok, watched that for an hour. <laughs> I just didn't, and I didn't want to go back, but I was like, no, we got to record. Okay. This, uh, yeah, I, I, I got more. Uh, if we were to 
rename this podcast? Can we call it nothing but questions? Because that's all I have in my notes. Can we just... Well, give us a question. What do you got? Yeah. Uh, why is she cleaning his apartment? They just met. And how is she getting in there? <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously they're Canadian because they don't lock their door. Well, I guess it's the 70s. No one locks their doors, but like they don't lock the car doors either. <laughs> but yeah. still, why is she clean? Like they they haven't even kissed yet. And she takes it upon herself without asking him if it's okay to do so. Asking a blind guy, can I move shit around in your place? Yeah. Thank you. I'm just Again. Gonna, and I'm bringing grandma with me. We're going to, it's, it takes two of us. To reorganize your house, we're not going to tell you. We're not going to be there when you get back. You'll probably think you went into the wrong spot because no one locks their doors. Why? Why, Scott? Why? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) She's supposed to come off as quirky. And I think that's what they were going for. She's quirky and a little off. Yeah, say. And I, and I, this is the minimal amount of character development we get that's it's just we never get past that she's quirky and for some reason she loves Dan Aykroyd we never get past that her character never grows and Dan Aykroyd's character never grows no it's they they stay the same the 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 people they are at the beginning of the movie are the same people they are at the end of the movie Nothing has changed, except they now have $3,000. That's what's changed in their lives, basically from the start of the movie to the end of the movie. They have $3,000. And that's it. That's the whole arc of the movie. That's the whole arc of the character. Well, I, I don't know. If you listen to the denouement, which was done in country music. <laughs> oh, yes. It tells the story about them getting a... So they didn't even... They didn't have enough money to shoot the... They must have spent that $3,000 because they didn't shoot an end of this movie where they opened the restaurant. Like, we don't see her turning the sign from close to open. Yes, uh, Derek, I see your hand (laughs) on the new Skype raise hand feature. (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay, so the whole movie, he's sitting there. She's going on and on. She tells all all of her friends and family, he's a great salesman. He's a great salesman. He's a great salesman. Because he broke a lot of shit in a glass shop at the beginning of the movie, which, and I don't mean to be offensive, but why is a blind guy working in a shop with a lot of glass that can be broken? I'm sorry. But get on with that. He, his, his kind of dream is to be a chef. He kind of like drops hints. He likes to cook and he'd like to do it as a profession, but he didn't seem like Gordon Ramsay passionate about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Dan by the t- doesn't seem passionate about anything in this movie. Exactly. No. It, it sometimes feels like he doesn't. I don't know if it was it was his acting, pretending that he was blind, but for the most part, it felt like he just didn't give a shit. No. At all. I, I yeah, it's like he's doing the minimal amount. Like I, I swear, he owed somebody a big favor, and this is how they wanted to cash in. Star in my movie. I'm going to be a big movie director and I want you to, now you've made it. I want you to star in it. You owe me from that time at that place with the thing that I saved you from or something. I don't know yeah. what it is. Uh, I want to know that story. How <laughs> the but, but story the behind the story. 
But here's the thing is they, they, they do to the whole thing about him wanting to be a chef or a restaurateur. Mm-hmm. Um, they go to Niagara Falls. They have the confrontation with the dad where the dad finally accepts him and blah, blah, blah. They get in the car and they, the car is parked right next to a building called Roy's Restaurant. This is what I was talking about. The car drives off. She goes, oh, wait a minute. Pulls back, drives in reverse through an intersection because there's no traffic in Niagara Falls, apparently. (laughs) Parks back in front of the restaurant, goes across the street to pick up her purse that she missed, and they drive off. And then in the denouement song that you're talking about, they're like, well, yes, they bought a building and made their own restaurant and they lived happily ever after. I'm like, what? It was right there. His name is Roy, and they're in front of Roy's <laughs> restaurant. You psyched us out. Okay, they drove away. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, okay, she's going to come back and realize that there's the restaurant. Nope. She grabs her purse. The people making this movie don't know how to make movies. Because I did not think that this was like... Was that, was that trying to be like a Mel Brooks-style joke in the background? Because if it was... I didn't get that joke. I think the joke is what Mark hinted to earlier is Dan Aykroyd sees more without sight than she sees with sight. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah, think it's... that was what they were going for. That exactly. Um, like, just to, to trail on that there, it's like, um, to your point about his character, he's like a blind robot in this. And he's done all the changing he's going to do. He's adapted to not having sight because I guess he did. And, you know, now he doesn't. So we don't we don't really, I mean, until he tells the Eclipse story, we don't get that, I oh, the, you know what I miss most? The color blue or something like that, right? Like, uh, you know, seeing my reflection in a mirror or whatever. We don't get that. So where was I going with this? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's trying to lose your point in this movie. He's well, the movie does. Yeah, so he's done all the changing he's going to do. He doesn't have to change. Everyone else has to change around him. She has to adapt to him. Frank has to learn to be more tolerant. Um, her mom's good. Grandma, you know, loves him. No, no, the whole family needs to learn something because the because the father jokingly says, <laughs> "What are we going to play? Blind man's bluff." And then they play it. So, what what do we do after supper? Huh? Why don't we watch television? <laughs> Frank, that's mean. Let's play bingo. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Let's play blind man's bluff. <laughs> Frank. Okay, sure. Oh, there's a there's a scene I wanted to comment on. They play Marco I'm, Polo with a blind guy. <laughs> How insensitive is that? I know this is the seventies. Uh, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Really? It, it was rude. Uh, Archie Bunker, who was a grumpy son of a bitch would have said this guy had gone to, he would have hated Frank. He'd be like, that guy's intolerant, you know, like <laughs> the guy's making jokes about him the whole time during dinner. And then they play what Marco Polo. Sorry. I'm uh, just knocking my door. Okay. Hang on a second. 
All right, so what were we talking about? Well, I was saying that everyone has to change around him. Oh, no, sorry, we were talking about blind, blind Man's Bluff and how, insensitive yeah. that was, and how insensitive that was. It's so insensitive. It is so insensitive to do that, and, but he doesn't object to it. The daughter doesn't object to it. Like, the daughter is willingly playing. Yeah, yeah, Mom like, and Shirley, Shirley there should have. Mom and Shirley are the, the grandmother's having a gay old time playing this <laughs> They're playing blind man, blind man's buff, with the with the grandmother, and the grandmother is about to run into a coffee table. Nobody says anything. No. no. It's like she's gonna fall and break a hip. What are you doing? The weird thing about this for me was, uh, so Dad's been, you know, Frank's a dick. I know I, I texted you that. I'm like, Frank's a fucking dick in this. So he's the antagonist, I guess, right? Um, as much as there is one, yeah. As much as there is one, it's Frank, right? He comes in the way of their love, whatever. But he's kind being of. a dick. And and so they say, when he jokes about saying, let's play blind man's bluff, Dan Aykroyd accepts the challenge. So the gauntlet's been thrown down. I'm like, okay, we've got something now. He's trying to assert himself, you know, into this family kind of thing and, and assert, you know, and kind of go up against Frank, mano y mano. And we see grandma's turn. That's it. Yeah. And then they cut away. We don't see him playing and being really good at it, or I don't know how you play Blind Man's Bluff. Well, but here's what you do. You he put, doesn't play the game. He gets challenged to play, and he doesn't... The main character doesn't play the game he's challenged to play. <laughs> or we get Frank playing, and Frank bumps into everything. So we get the antagonist making a fool out of himself. Yeah. You know, trying to play Blind, Man, blind Man's Buff. Buff or Bluff? Buff. Bluff. Yeah, blind Man's Buff is when you do it in the nude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, either have Ackroyd do it, conquering the room, or having the the asshole dad do it and running into everything. Yeah. That's another juxtaposition. The guy lives there, but he doesn't know where everything is. But Dan Ackroyd was able to go feel around, and he, you know, in that short period of time, he found yeah. out where everything was, and he was able to, you know, to navigate around the room. Kind of daredevil, it maybe. He's using his other yeah, senses, yeah. and and a good movie would have shown that. Yeah. However. Yeah. <laughs> we this don't is not have a that. good movie. No, we don't. Um, there was a scene where it, she goes inside into the restaurant, like I mentioned before, with a stuttering guy. He's waiting outside, and he hears a blind guy walking up towards him. He hears him. He moves out of the way. The blind guy walks past him. He steps back, and the blind guy's like stops, and he's like, "Did he hear something?" End of scene. Why? Yeah, I, I didn't get know. that. Why? What what are you saying with this in this with this scene in this movie? Like you, stop it! Like, I just wanted to yell at this movie. Just say stop it. Do something. Well, how about this? The blind guy runs into the blind. What are you blind? Yeah, I'm blind. How yeah. a how a funny would of a blind man fight be? Where they got their backs to each other and they're there's there's wildly swinging punches and they're not even facing each other. Or they're, yeah. or they're doing like awkward stick fighting with their canes or something like yes, yeah. <laughs> like swords. Yeah. <laughs> so this was a super super low budget movie. Mm. Did did Kentucky Fried Chicken throw <laughs> any money at this? Uh, they had because to. Have. They had to. Have. They had to have because what, the mom works at Kentucky Fried Chicken. 
there's several references to Kentucky Fried Chicken. The Colonel shows up in the movie. Yes, yes. The Colonel? Yes. When she asks him for directions to the police station, it's the Colonel from Kentucky Fried Chicken. Absolutely. I noted that too, Scott. It is absolutely like a Colonel lookalike, if not the Colonel himself. Although I doubt he would come to Canada, but yeah. (laughs) I don't know if KFC would have lent money to a movie that implies that their secret recipe involves fish food. That's another thing. Kentucky Fried Chicken. I was going to say, did Kentucky Fried Chicken start in Canada? Probably not named Kentucky Fried Chicken. No. Yeah, yeah. So that's the dumbass question on my end. It wouldn't have been the Colonel; it would have been like the Mountie or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> what Derek is uh, alluding to is through a series of flashbacks, it, it turns out that Dan Aykroyd has switched pepper and fish food in his apartment. So he's been feeding his fish black pepper and killing them, and he's been seasoning his food with fish food. Uh, fish food. What? I didn't yeah. really see that. I didn't catch that. Yeah, they cut yeah. back to it, man, several times. They cut back. It was so important that they did a flashback. Oh, That's yeah. That's how important. I but must have been making not... a Frank is a dick comment maybe in our chat, yes. and I'd been, I might have missed that. <laughs> but that goes nowhere. How about he gives this chicken, you know, he presents this chicken to somebody, and it's like, this is the best chicken I've ever tasted. And all of a sudden, oh, no, now the... We're in trouble now because you've seasoned it with fish food. So now they've got to cover the fact that they're making, they're putting fish food in their food. It was, it seemed like it was a bridge going somewhere, but it was literally a bridge to nowhere. You're right. uh, Especially in the, in the country song at the end, everyone lines up for the best (sighs) burgers in town. What happened to the chicken? Yeah. He's not talking. They're not like it would have if, if it had been the best damn chicken in town. Okay, that connects. Now they've used that recipe for whatever reason, and they're making their fortune off of it because people are lining up. They're not going to KFC. They're going to Roy and Shirley's. Like I think it was a running joke because they did like they kept going back to the black pepper sitting outside the fish food bowl, and then he says later on, he says, "Oh, I make." Uh, he says, "This is good, but I make fried chicken much better." And she says, "Oh, what do you use? Oh, only salt and pepper." And then she flashes back to the pepper outside the fishbowl, realizing that she that he's made the mistake of pepper and fish food. And then she goes, "Oh, I think I know what the main what, what KFC's secret ingredient is." And he says, "What?" And she goes, "Never mind." Okay. Well, first off, is that supposed to be is that supposed to be the joke? The jokes are so weak. You have to do what Derek just did and just say to yourself. What was that the joke? Yeah. And then you guess you think to yourself, I guess that was the joke. Like it it's it's a lot it's a lot worse than watching a bad stand-up on amateur night tell a joke and then pause. You're like, <laughs> okay, that was a joke. It's not funny, but I know that that was the intended joke. In this movie, you don't know if it's the intended joke. No, and in fact, even when Dan Aykroyd is telling jokes, Shirley's not getting them. So no. the characters in the movie aren't laughing at the jokes being told by characters in the movie. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of like, uh, it's like, oh, when was the last time you saw your dad? Oh, six years ago. And then she's like, oh, okay, well, maybe we'll go see him soon or something. And I was like, no, you don't get it. He's making light of his own handicap, and you're not getting it. No. 
this is and it was just why it frustrated me later on because she's like, well, let's go to let's go see the falls. All right, he can listen to it. Mm-hmm. They they go to the wax museum and, and she's like, oh, well, this is here, and then she just walks away from him without telling him. It's, yeah, she'll just without yeah. telling him. Yeah, she just sprints off somewhere and doesn't tell him. Uh, what was it? Uh, the first time they're about to kiss, they get really close, and then she's like, oh, and then gets up and leaves his apartment. He's like, what? What? And then leaves him there saying, <laughs> what? What? I imagine like an hour later, what? What? You know, like he. <laughs> yeah. She gets up and leaves because she forgot that she had to pick up her grandma. So she takes up to pick up her grandma. We don't ever see him come to the realization that she's left. Yeah. She just leaves. And doesn't tell him why. Like she's not putting on the shoes saying, I got to go get grandma and then leave. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just little weird things like that. Or when they get to the falls and they're. They're on a, the, that scenic tunnel, which the they, caves, yeah, in the caves, yeah. And so they get to the stairs. Apparently, he has trouble with these stairs because he's not going any any farther. She just bounces down the stairs, doesn't tell him where she's going, and so he's left trying to figure out where she went. And he does a one eighty and goes into another spot all by himself, only to turn around and come back. He loses his cane, and and then he has one, like in the next scene. Yeah. Ta-da! Like, okay. Like, it's that's not so a big weird. Yeah. It's so weird, this movie. This movie should be shown in, um, in, in colleges and universities that are training directors, like a, a Humber yeah. College, or what's the one, uh, the actor studio there? The Juilliard. Show, show them this movie as a thing of what not to do. Yes, yes. They make pretty much all the wrong choices. You know what I mean? Like, Yes, that's... That's what this movie is, a series of wrong choices. Yeah. yeah. They zig when they should have zagged. and This movie, I got one chuckle out of this movie. And this was a, it was a really confusing part as well. They, they're, they stay in a hotel in Niagara Falls, and apparently the manager of the hotel encourages these, these two men to steal their car. Because I don't know if they're like they're her sons. People check in there. They go on tours, and then apparently this manager has these guys come over and steal cars. Yeah, she's got a rocket going. See, I thought and, this movie was so bad that she saw them take the cars, but then didn't do anything. And I thought that was par for the course for this movie. It's not made clear because she waves at him. So maybe she thought they yeah. were th- it was it's not made clear whether she's in on it or not in on it. Either way of interpreting the scene is right. It's not clear enough. However, those okay, well that we got to go back further to <laughs> Who do, I don't know if the people who made Scent of a Woman with Al Pacino saw this movie. Oh, probably but not. There's a but there's that scene in Said to the Woman where Al Pacino was driving blind. There's uh, almost the exact same scene in this movie uh, where yeah. uh, they get pulled over. She's driving and the cop is like, and it's the worst ADR ever because the guy's mouth is not moving. No. You can actually see the cop's mouth not moving and you hear, well, just to make sure you don't speed anymore, let him drive. He's blind. It's like, I can't. Okay, officer. It's like they. She agrees to let the blind guy drive. I'm sure if she would have said he's blind, 
anyway. It's so but, stupid. No, but there's the thing because the cop gets back on the bike behind the car, and her idea is, "Hey, switch me seats until he leaves, and then we'll switch back and drive." So they switch seats, but the cop doesn't go anywhere. She's like, "Okay, well, I guess I'll just have to do it." But then the cop leaves. Yeah. So yes. now all they can all all they have to do is switch back, and they can continue on their way. But no, she lets him drive. And why? Yeah. What is the point? Why is this happening? Bad movie. Bad movie. And even when she does, she's of no help to him. It's not go left, go right, slow down. It it's just she's just screaming. Ah, just that's it. Like that's all she can do now is just scream for her life because she, again, poor choice. And it's clear that he's out of control driving because he's blind. She never once tells him to break. Yeah. Break. So he's zigzagging on the road. They go past the cop that just pulled him over. And instead of the cop chasing them and pulling them over again, he pulls over and uh, uh, puts out an APB over the over the mic go be on the lookout for this car what you're right there yeah, you cop. Just pull them over pull them over again chase them down <laughs> the cop is pulling over saying someone should call the police <laughs> yes yes the cop pulls over and calls the cops yeah does he have a one a, a one arrest limit like uh, i already i already pulled them over once i can't do it again uh, like is that some weird Niagara yeah, Falls law? Fucking Ontario Provincial Police, right there, Jesus. So there's an APB out on this car. These guys steal their car. The cops find them and arrest them. And while he's calling in the uh, the license plate, this is the only lap I got through the movie. Code four seventeen, stolen vehicle. Out of town plate number LAF five o five. Currently registered to a Mr. Frank Hurley. That's F for far, R for uh, raspberry, A for animal, K for uh, special K, H for uh, high, uh, U for up, R for raspberry, L for uh, L for lost, E for I, K as in um, special K. That was the only. That was the only laugh I got, and it that's, was a chuckle. That's later on in the movie, though. Yes, that's, that's later the, on. That's, in the, movie. that's the, yeah, the, the Niagara Falls Police Department, the NFPD, uh, who watched these two guys steal the car and then only got, get in hot pursuit once they realized the plates belonged to that APB that the bike cop had, had already called in. And that. Yeah, and so they watch two guys steal a car, and it's weird. It looks like the car gets same car gets stolen twice because the lady at the hotel, you know, is waving to them while they steal the car. But then we get the scene with these two inept cops, um, and they they're I... having some sort of discussion, and they watch the kids steal the car. I think I can explain that because really, oh, please do because the the stupid car robbers. They rob the car, they, they, they jack the car initially, and the way they jumpstart the car is the one guy flips the hood open, and the one guy reaches into the engine and does something and turns the engine on. So that's how they start the car, without the key, right? So keep in mind, they don't have a key. 
Now, the uh, dumbasses, what they do, the dumbasses is they, they go from stealing the car. They don't go to their chop shop or to their wrecking yard where they can you know, make a key or whatever. No, they go to a restaurant. Yeah. And then they go inside and they eat. So now they have to come back out. They have to pop the hood again, restart the car again. And that's when the cops see them and go, oh, wait a minute. They're jacking this car, which is technically true. But technically, they drove it there, so the cop shouldn't know that they're jacking it. You know what I mean? But they're doing the actions as if you're stealing the car. As if, as if you're stealing a car. Yeah. yeah, they're popping the hood to start the engine. In front of cops. Yeah. They think nothing yeah. of it. The cops are right there. Yeah, that and, and those two idiots, well, I shouldn't call them idiots. The cops are idiots. These Because those guys get away because they, they pull, they pull the, uh, the robbers over. And, you know, the, and the two cops are having a discussion. The guys are like, well, fuck it. They, they both got their back turned. We're out of here. <laughs> and they just run away. Yeah. But they eventually do get pulled over and they do get the car back. because no, no, That's they... when they escape. Yeah. Because the, yeah. the two robbers, seeing the well, cops the with their backs away, turned, yeah. just, yeah, they just run away. They're like, all right, <laughs> we're out of here. But I love the idea that they stole this car just to run errands. Yeah. To go for a chicken, I guess. I don't know. Probably chicken, yes. <laughs> well, getting back to that though, the the sponsorship thing. I think isn't Kentucky Fried Chicken a franchise? Yeah. Like it might have been like Phil's Kentucky Fried Chicken oh. in Niagara Falls that sponsored not <laughs> the whole corporation, but you think like, it was a, you think it was a local sponsorship? It was well, it wasn't sponsored by Kentucky Fried Chicken. It was it was sponsored by Kentucky Fried Chicken number five seventy two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. D- <laughs> okay. DBA Ontario nine four seven eight two Inc. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, so on their wall, along with all the little uh, sports teams, all the kids sports teams that they have sponsored, they also have a picture of this movie that they sponsored too. <laughs> that, that's right. Yeah, I, I think there's a framed uh, <laughs> copy of the VHS signed by Dan Aykroyd in store number five six seven two or whatever. <laughs> that that's in in French and English though, right? It's, of course. It's, it's bilingual. The cover different than the one you got, Scott. It would have been bilingual in French and English. <laughs> yes. Well, I think you said, were they trying to make it look American? And I don't think so. At the beginning, I thought so. But in the hotel montage, I saw Canuck Hotel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's not in Niagara Falls. That was in Niagara Falls in the yeah. 70s. Yeah, I, I've, I've been there, actually. I went uh, probably just about 10 years ago, uh, around around there, somewhere around there, maybe 15 now. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that wax museum, the, the, there's one that they go to. Not the not the, the Christ one, but the, the Hollywood one. What the fuck was that all about? I don't know. I didn't Bible see that. Bible wax museum. Yeah. Really? Okay. That, that was gone by the time I got there. But the other one that they passed by, I went. I went there, and I do remember seeing. And I think I stayed in actually one of these hotels because it was real expensive to get one kind of downtown. So you wanted to drive about 10, 15 minutes away at least. Yeah. And, no. No. They stay. They stay on Clifton Hill. Yeah. I. I. I couldn't afford Clifton Hill. No. <laughs> No way. I had to drive like 15 minutes away at least from, from there to, to get a place. But so the first, for me, the first Canadian reference doesn't come, the, the first blatant one anyway for me was when they, uh, during the Meet the Parents, 
Because although he's trying to hide the label, he's drinking, Frank is drinking Labatt 50 out of that little stubby bottle. Oh, yeah, okay. And I recognize that because my dad drank that. So I know, I yeah. know that label. I've drank that, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, Jamaica has them. Uh, I know in the States they have them now. I believe Coors has them because mm. uh, you can get Coors ones here. But, yeah, those stubby bottles were, were kind of a Canadian thing. But even the label, I saw just enough of the label to know. I was like, okay, he's drinking Canadian beer. <laughs> And those were so Canadian that a politician in the 90s promised to bring those back and got elected based on that promise. Yeah. Who who was it? Was that Was it Pierre? No. No, it was uh it was Ontario. Oh. Well, I don't remember. Oh, who was uh... Anyway, I don't remember. So then we start we do start Canadian see... politics sucks. Yeah, really. We start to see license plates. Of course, we see their plates in Ontario plate. And then the weirdest one, which I couldn't believe, on their sightseeing tour, they stop outside of Ontario Hydro? <laughs> what? Why? It's this, <laughs> it's this big landmark that looks like a clock, and Ontario Hydro has 12 letters in it, I guess. But that's, but that's the thing, Mark, is... Uh, th- I saw that and I was like, Ontario Hydro has like a like a flower bed memorial thing to it. Like what? But then, but then I'm watching the story. They get off the bus. She takes a Polaroid of him sitting next to this landmark, and then she gets back on the bus. <laughs> it doesn't take him without him. Again, just dashes away without telling him where she's going. But the bus driver is like looking back, going, "Are are are you fucking serious? Like are you, are you just leaving him here?" <laughs> Would have been funnier if the bus driver just closed the door and drove away. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he wants to ditch this guy. Like, like he's not paying attention. He's, he sees her out of the corner. I get back on. He thinks they're together. He closes the door. He drives off. And Dan Aykroyd's on the steps. It's here's my question because because that one brought up a question for me. Do you think that nobody in this movie recognizes the fact that he's blind? And I say that because Frank needs to be told. Even though he has, he's staring like he's Dan Aykroyd is staring off into nothingness because he's blind, and that's what blind people do. Like they look like they're staring off into nothing. But then later on, he has a cane, and they're going on the sightseeing tour, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, so how about uh, how about a two for one?" And he's like, "Okay, I guess it's the off season." It's like, no asshole. He's asking for a two for one because he wants to go, but he's not going to see anything on your sightseeing tour, you dick. So don't charge the blind guy for the sightseeing tour because he's not going to see any of the sights. Oh, I, I, you're right. I, I, I think, uh, first of all, I think that's how they end up at Ontario fucking Hydro as a stop on their <laughs> sightseeing tour. He's like, I'm not giving them the good tour. Fuck that. They're good. We'll go to Ontario Hydro. <laughs> Just, and you're right, though. And Frank, the, the one part that made me laugh, Scott, was when Frank finally clues in that this blind man sitting in front of him can't see and he has to not just have it told to him derek it explained Explained explicitly and in grave detail his eyes do not longer function that's it (laughs) and he's like what (laughs) i laughed i laughed so hard at that (laughs) because It took him by a complete surprise. And he's sitting right there. He's just like, it's one thing if, if she told him 
before Roy comes for dinner. Yeah. I got to tell you something, Dad. Why My boyfriend is that? blind. Why wouldn't you say that? Because you know your dad's an asshole. Dad, well, Roy is blind. Don't make fun of him. That's exactly what she would have said to him, knowing how her dad is. Yeah. That's exactly what she would have said to him. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, my dad's the worst. I'm going to try and see if he won't be the worst on Wednesday night. Yeah. Too bad. He's going to be the worst. Dear Lord. Yeah. Now, here's, here's something I found. I remember uh, hearing somewhere uh, that uh, one of the Bill and Ted movies wanted to use a clip uh, from Star Trek, and it cost him a, a lot of money. And mm -hmm. in this movie, we don't see Star Trek, but no. there's a guy watching a television in, uh, it's in a movie the movie theater. theater the movie the ticket theater, guy. Yeah. And you can hear, you can hear plain as day that it's a Star Trek episode. Yeah. And I was just wondering, back then, I mean, did they do that without permission and just got away with it? I would, or was I would it assume so. Expensive back then, not, or just using the audio, and and this is way. It's like um, Shatner's Canadian. Yeah. Shatner did. I, I don't. Was Shatner friends with somebody and says you can? I don't. I'll switch into nerd mode. Uh, so as we know, Star Trek ran from 1966 to 1969. They only had three seasons. It didn't actually gain its popularity until. The late seventies, um, and when it was in reruns, people started to discover it. It only, it didn't, it didn't really hit right away, and so because of that, no one was paying as much attention, I think, anyway, to the copyright law on that. Especially the small Canadian movie that went nowhere and it wasn't a big deal. So yes, yeah. I'm sure they used the audio without permission, and it didn't go, and it wasn't noticed by anybody because. Uh, Gene Roddenberry wouldn't have been able to really cash in at the time. There wasn't enough popularity. So it was just, um, yeah, it's just one of those things that I, I think it just slipped. They were able to slip in just the audio and just get away with it because no one's seen this movie. No one gives a shit. And there's no money to sue for anyway. They spent their $3,000 that Kentucky Fried Chicken gave them. So... <laughs> that's it. And yeah. And if now were this done today... The lawyers would be out on, you know, in force for sure. Well, they probably spent all of their money on "Do You Believe in Love at First Sight" by Dion Warwick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and commissioning that, this. That features heavily the beginning and end of this movie. And that, that commissioning that country song at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that song. That's that. The opening of this movie with that song. It looks and sounds like a sitcom. Yeah, it does. It, it totally looks and sounds like a sitcom. There's these montages of the city. They're following Shirley around. You know, love at first sight. It was, uh, and I was, it, yeah. It was just like this. This looks like a 1980s sitcom opening, and sounds like it. Absolutely, reminded me of like different strokes in the Jeffersons, where the opening song is more or less setting up. Here's the premise of the show you're going to watch. Right, the, like different yeah. different strokes. Right. It was it told the the kind of the backstory of the main characters. So when you hit the you you hit the ground running with this rich guy who adopted these two young kids, and you know, like that's what this felt. You're absolutely right, Scott. I, I hadn't really put two and two together, but yeah, it reminded me very much of that. I, I, I'm just gonna look and see if I have more questions. I'm sure I do. <laughs> have 
Do we have oh. more questions? Oh, oh. Uh, another thing that made me laugh was, um, okay, so they go on the bus tour. I'll try not to bring up Ontario Hydro again. But anyway, they, <laughs> they, they go on this tour. They see the falls. They come back to the hotel. They have what is basically the absolute worst love scene. Like, I will never Thank again, I'll, I'll never ever question my sexual prowess, no matter how bad I get. Because no matter what I do, I know it's better than this. I, like, uh, it was the, uh, the, so they're in clothes. They're trying to be artsy, I guess, because they're in clothes and then they fall into the bed. He's now shirtless. She has a negligee on. So they do this this awkward transition from standing to lying down in the bed. And then she's lying there on her back, wrapped arms wrapped around him, arm or eyes closed as if bracing for something. And he's just lying there with his face kind of off to the camera. Yeah, he's and on his that, side, she's on her back. And that is it. And on then a, fireworks on, go off. On a waterbed. I yes. Mean. Yes. I was like, and, seriously, a fucking waterbed. <laughs> and the and and then I, they're trying to be artsy again with the fireworks, but yeah, they're not intercutting with any passion or uh, movement. There's no movement except <laughs> the water on the bed is the only thing moving. They are perfectly still. It is the most awkward thing I've yes. seen. It is the worst lovemaking scene I have ever seen in a movie. I don't even know or if you the could worst call it implied, that. The worst implied lovemaking scene. Thank you, yes. I mean, they get the, the morning after shot okay, where the, she wakes up and, you know, the hair's disheveled or whatever. So he's gone. She opens the window to look for him, <laughs> thinking he might have stumbled outside, finds the written note. He, he then we get the scene with him at the at the pastry shop where he avoids three or four cars and then gets hit by a bike and then goes back in and buys another pie <laughs> comes back out and the guy on the bike is still on the sidewalk and he avoids three more cars and doesn't cross the street he then just takes the left and starts walking yeah he got hit by a bike by crossing a street he didn't intend to cross or something like that Again, showing he's perfectly comfortable. He knows where he's going, even though he doesn't have sight. And then, I'm going somewhere with this, they get back to the hotel, and then she notices the car has been stolen. Thank you. Thank you. She looked the at morning, the window. They, got, they went on a bus tour. They got back to the hotel where their car should have been parked, and they yes. didn't notice it was gone then. They had the most awkward lovemaking scene in the history of film. And she looks out the window the next morning. What, did he take the car to go get the pastries? We know he can't drive. We saw him not do it very well. Why does she think he took the car? Or why doesn't she clue in that it's stolen? I don't understand this woman. That Their car was the only car in the lot. Yes. There was no yeah. other car. It's not like they got home and it's just like they, they lost their car in the sea of automobiles. Their <laughs> car was the only car in the lot. Yeah. And it took her it took her 12 hours to find out that her car was stolen. See, we see her pull up. We see them pull up to the hotel, they, uh, the motel, really, because they get to park right in front of their door. 
go in, come back, and she comes back out to the car to get the purse because it has the three thousand dollars. And she's not going to lock those doors, and she's going to leave the windows down. So why would I leave the money there? So we know where the car is. We, the viewer. She goes back and gets the purse with the money in it. You leave the purse in the car. The car gets stolen. Now you have no car and no money. The yeah. stakes are higher. Yeah. Your car is stolen, but you've got three. I looked it up. Three thousand dollars and seventy-seven was like thirteen thousand dollars in today's money, American. Oh yeah, yeah. That makes that makes sense for sure. Okay, so you've got that money. You're not really in a fix. I mean, it sucks that your car is stolen, but you're not really in a fix. Your car gets stolen and all your money gets stolen. Now you're in a fix. Yeah. You you you, you have no way to get out of this. Or it's harder going to it's going to be harder to get out of this. And then so what do they do? They take a stroll to discuss their options now that they they've lost to get chicken. To get chicken. Yeah, and meet the colonel, because what should we do about our stolen car? Hmm, I wonder, I don't know. Should we call somebody? Hey, isn't there something called a police force? <laughs> it takes them so long to realize the car's gone, and even longer to realize that they should call the cops about their stolen car. And they don't call them, they walk over to them. like. Now, Niagara I want Falls everyone... isn't that small. Niagara Falls isn't that small. <laughs> I want everyone that's listening to this show to realize how batshit insane this movie is. There's tons of other things that we're probably not even going to get to. The fact that he was putting out the garbage when she pulled up in the car and she didn't see him putting yeah. away the garbage cans and went inside the house and the parents were already in the car. Regardless, here's what IMDb says as the synopsis for this movie. Okay, A young woman named Shirley befriends a lonely blind man named Roy. Together, they find love, hyphen, even though Shirley's father opposes the relationship. Shirley's father is a main component of that synopsis and doesn't show up in the movie until over halfway through. Yeah. Yeah. That's how batshit insane this movie is. Exactly. I mean, they're already at Clean My Apartment for me in their relationship. Yeah. Well before. But, but they're not quite, hey, uh, can you let me know how far I am from the road so that no one can see me take a piss? Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, get back here. I still have to piss. What the <laughs> fuck was that scene about? Here's the, yeah. Just, there's nobody around. It's like, go pee. There's nobody. If somebody comes, I'll let you know. Just. <laughs> oh, man. This, and. This movie has, as uh, Derek said, it's it's batshit crazy, but it's also mind-numbingly boring. Oh my god! At the same time, I don't know how they pulled that off. It is batshit crazy and just boring all at once. Yeah. You're sitting, you're at your. It's like I can't believe that happened, but I don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's very true. It's like, why is this happening? I, I don't even care. Here is the most ironic part. I I booked you guys. That sounds like that sounds better than I asked you guys. I booked you guys for this show, <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote in my calendar podcast 
and instead of saying love at first sight, I just put the initials L A F S. Laughs. Nice. <laughs> Which is what this movie is severely lacking. This Yes, this movie is severely lacking laughs. It's lacking laughs. It's lacking character development. It's lacking plot. It's lacking everything. Chemistry? Chemistry. Chemistry. I don't believe those two are a couple at all. To be honest, while while Roy is played off as the lonely single guy, I got to say... I would have a hard time dating this woman. Like, yeah. It, it would take a special kind of woman to be able to, you know, well, let, let a special <laughs> kind of woman, just one with a, a few more brain cells and a little more compassion to be able to date him and, and him survive past this trip to Niagara <laughs> Falls. She's going to get him killed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. So, like, just her, her, her own blindness, how she doesn't see when he's standing there or, or just running away or, you know what I mean? Like, like that kind of stuff will get him killed. He was fine on his own. He had his routine down. Yeah. And it wasn't until she shows up that his life goes to hell. He loses his job. She got him fired. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then, she started trying to intervene in his life. But then she was trying to help him find a job the next day in the, in the, in, in the park church. And she's she's sitting there. She's going, "Oh, this will this will do well. Nice hours, good pay. Oh, must have own car." It's like, well, you didn't read the whole thing before saying, "Hey, this might be good." <laughs> Male model needed. Hey, that's great. Must be attractive. Ah, uh, <laughs> damn it! I knew there was. There's always damn a it. I need to read the whole article before I apply. Blind uh, guy wanted must not be Dan Aykroyd. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Barbara wa- wanted must have sight. Well, get her, get just get picky now. Yeah. And there's this- a scene. Well, Dan Aykroyd was a barber before he went blind, and his father is a barber. And I don't. One of you pointed this out. Uh, Dan Aykroyd goes to his dad for a haircut and a shave, well, and me. his dad charges him. Yeah, his dad charges his son. That'll be. No, 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 I'll just be a dollar. I nicked you. So he, he's going to charge his son and does a bad job. <laughs> the, oh, my God. Yeah. The, and so that's the thing is that we're it, uh, I, the timing on this is weird. Like, when did he go blind? Has it only been six or seven years or was it since he was a kid? Like, did, did you guys he get that? Barber. I don't know. He went to barber college. So, I, you know, I guess I he was. Guess a, he would have to be at least. 18 or something or out of I don't know. So he's been think, blind in his early 20s or I think he said he would he, like 5 years ago he worked at a particular thing that he would he would have needed his sight. So I think he's been blind for like 5 or 6 years or something okay. like that. F- from what I got, I could have been snoring at that point, so I don't know. <laughs> well, the eclipse that they talk about was in the 60s, wasn't it? It was in the 60s. Yes, right. you're right. And, and this is 1977, so it's been at least like 8 Nine years, okay. If they're if it's set present day, you know, nineteen seventy seven. And where, Derek? Where do you think they start out? Where? What is this? Is it Toronto? Do you think it's some suburb of Toronto? I I was I was while you guys were talking, I looked that up, and I was. He said that they've been on the road for an hour, and then they still drove for a little bit, and they got to Niagara Falls. So, 
looking at it and looking at the thing around it, I think they're close to Oakville. Yeah, maybe, okay. Maybe Brampton. Well, it's funny Guelph. because they, they talk about Highway 15, which is actually the road between that I would take to go to visit Derek. Yeah. Ottawa to Kingston, which is nowhere near Oakville. Like, it's no, five it hours has... away. From, and that's how we measure distance, by the way, in Canada is by time. Yeah, um, we do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you gotta Toronto's, drive... Toronto's two hours, 20 minutes from here. That's how comedians... That's how yeah. we tell time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, I got to drive twelve hours to a gig. Uh, that's, that, that, that's true. Yeah. That's how we talk. Yeah. That's that's how we do. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, do you guys know? Do you guys remember a character named William in this movie? William. William. No. I. I think I. Oh, I think this is the guy who's selling the budgies. He has a bit of a right. British accent. Sure. Okay. I don't know how they got this this guy for this movie. Uh, it, it, it played by a character, or sorry, an actor named Barry Morse. I looked at his IMDb. He was born in London's East End. He began his career when he won a full scholarship to the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts at age 15. He followed with a successful stage run in London's West End Theatre. Like, this is, this guy is cream of the crop. And he shows up in this movie? How? gotta start maybe he wrote it gotta start somewhere the guy was born in 1918 he had already had decades of experience in acting before this movie this isn't his first imdb credit goes back to 1942 how in the world is this guy like i guess he's a fan of snl maybe (laughs) i don't know but it was this movie was written and directed by the same guy rex bromfield yes I, and uh, he's obviously Canadian. Uh, does he? Does that name ring a bell to either of you guys? No, nope. uh, no. But I, I did look look at look him up. Excuse me. And um, some of his work is familiar. When I was a kid, there was a show called. Uh, there were two shows. One Danger Bay, and the other one called Beachcombers. Uh, just about that kind of uh, Canadian oh coastal God. Canadian coastal life. And uh, he directed a bunch of episodes of of each show. And. I actually like those shows. So he obviously learned something along the way because it, I don't remember any episode of Beachcombers being this bad. <laughs> if you want to see something really Canadian, oh my look God. up the Beachcombers. Yeah. Yeah. About uh, marine, uh, yeah, that marine, coastal marine life logging, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But he directed a bunch of episodes before he, he hung it all up in 1994. <laughs> <laughs> This guy, I guess he's like, well, <laughs> calling out a career. Oddly enough, that was the year this came out on DVD. <laughs> I just got a DVD release. No. Like, this got a DVD release. Woohoo. It does have a DVD release. Come on. No. Who it's asked for Love at a, First Sight on DVD? It's got a bootleg uh, DVD release. Somebody did like a really poor rip. From a VHS and put it on DVD. I don't think it's had an official DVD release, but uh, is business that bad? You got to start ripping Love at First Sight. Like, can you imagine the special features on this movie if this had an actual DVD? <laughs> now, here's the reason why we have Dan Aykroyd sitting in front of the thing from Ontario Hydro. Now, here we have. No, you just wouldn't have that. 
we have Rex Broomfield smoking a pipe. What I was trying to say with this scene was uh, <laughs> the 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 industrial complex is overshadowing all, and there's like some sort of deep pontification. <laughs> and speaking of pontification, we just have a scene of them pontificating over chicken while their car is being stolen. Well, medical is happening behind them. It's a high-speed car chase. We're going to yeah. cut to them talking chicken during the high-speed car chase. Yeah. God. We finally have the little Dukes of Hazard going on. Insanity. Insanity in this movie. Just such weird choices. I, Scott, you brought us a gem this time. You didn't bring this to us. Sorry, you invited us to a I gem. Brought, well, I did bring well, because because 1941 is usually credited as Ackroyd's first movie, but this was his this was his first movie. And Did this get a theatrical release? Do you know? I I don't know. I think it, I, I looked it up. It said it was panned by critics. Yeah. Uh, so it must, it must have uh, it must have got some sort of maybe a limited release in Canada or something like that. It might not have been released here in the states. I could see uh, this being released in Kingston, where Dan Aykroyd's from. They do like a one weekend kind of big deal. He comes by, signs a couple autographs while he's home or something, maybe. Well, I thought it was released in 77. And I thought, okay, this was something that Aykroyd did before SNL. He hit big in SNL, so they had this property and they released it to cash in his name. But from all I can tell, it was shot and it was shot in 1977 while he was still on SNL. So I cannot explain why he is in this movie. And then of course the release in 77 that summer was kind of starting to get dominated by another little well-known feature. <laughs> so a little. That, can't, yeah. that can't bode well for it. Like you're at the you're at the theater. Now back then the theater might have been shown maybe two movies, right? And yet <laughs> love it for a sight. Or Star Wars. <laughs> and everyone's talking about Star Wars. <laughs> and and for some reason, at the back of the VHS box has it rated PG-13. And PG-13? I don't see, yeah. Uh, it's got to be Frank. And I don't understand at all. I mean, this... Honestly, for this movie could be rated G. Oh no! Not the, for, no. The dad had the, the dad kept saying "goddamn." Um, for, yeah, but for the sex scene, <laughs> no, that wasn't. I don't qualify. That's not a sex scene. That's that's, that's what I mean. Like, you know, you know what? Yeah, maybe thought. the PG thirteen is for that that ravaging sex scene we saw. <laughs> maybe they had to, it was rated R, but they, they toned down the sex scenes so that way they could get into the PG, they could just slip right into the PG-13. Well, you know what I it mean, was? when it was released, it was PG because they didn't have PG-13 in 77. No, but when this true. came out on VHS, they're like, we should make this PG-13. We, didn't, we don't want what? anybody to complain about that sex scene. It was, it was I bet you it was the alcohol consumption. Maybe they're drinking. You know what? That was to me. That was totally Canadian, where they're having where they're having dinner and everybody is drinking beer. Yeah, even grandma and mom. I can picture dad knocking back beers. Why was grandma toasting so much? Oh my god! (laughs) She just kept toasting so she could take a drink of beer. We she could have just drank the beer. But don't. But Derek, 
that's the joke was that she didn't know when to stop. Let me explain it to you to make it funnier. That's how jokes work in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Here's a toast. A toast? To what? Eh? Well, if you're gonna have a toast, you're gonna have it be to something. Um, to youth. Yeah, to youth. To youth. If you got it, keep it. Cheers. Don't fritter it away. Never take it for granted. You only live once. That's for sure. No, you know what? Grandma drinks oh. her beer out of a glass because she's a fucking lady, okay? That's why, and that's and that's the way you did it. All the ladies would pour their beer into glasses because they're ladies. And then dad was just straight from the stubby. So according to IMDb, this movie was filmed in Toronto. Now, Toronto yeah. is a large city. could mean a lot of things. Yeah. Interesting. Filming dates. 2nd of November, 1975 to the... 5th of December, 1975. Okay. Well, then I should have looked that up. That was before that was before SNL came out. So uh, he did make this. Now, now it makes sense. He did make this before 1977. Yeah. That's then, why. So okay. Your, this makes total sense now. Your theory is probably correct then, I'm guessing, is that so they filmed it in 75. It doesn't really do well. They, you know, they got kind of a bit of a turd. Then Acura goes on, makes it big on SNL. Now we're going to release it. Okay, release dates. Uh, release dates in Canada, June 17th, 1977. Uh, <laughs> in the U.S., March 24th, 1977. So you guys got this we did three, get four this. months before. We, uh, that was at the Filmex Festival, whatever that is. And it also it also made its way to Finland, Hungary, and Norway. So, what? Oh, well, Norwegians love Dan Aykroyd. I don't know if you knew that. It's, <laughs> it's a it's just going to prove my theory. Norwegians love Dan Aykroyd. That's right. Like Germans love David Hasselhoff. <laughs> and Norwegians yeah. adopted Dan Aykroyd. It's funny. <laughs> they have this weird affinity for Canadians who obsess about Chicago. So they love Dan Aykroyd over there. That, I just want to let you guys know. We've talked five minutes longer than the entire movie. Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. But you, we we can't not. It's uh, yeah. The, I think it's funny too that they they go into Niagara Falls in the off season. And I know it's kind of a joke, but I'm guessing it would have been cheaper to film. Probably, you have, you're not you're not having to worry about like a whole bunch of tourists around. That's why they go in November when the place is empty, and they could probably get everything really cheap, like hotels and stuff for the crew. Like they okay. probably stayed at that motel that's in the movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I did find this on IMDb. They have this listed as 85 minutes. Um, uh, color is just color. And <laughs> sound mix is mono. 
Now, the other thing I'm looking at is uh, on IMDb, whenever you look at something, they have something on the sidebar called user lists. These are things that on IMDb, people who have signed up for IMDb can make their own list and publish them. It's usually films I like or films that I think you need to see. This person created a Dan Aykroyd filmography list on IMDb. Let that sink in, Mark. (laughs) They made a Dan Aykroyd filmography list on the IMDb website. I'm going to tell them. Automatically has that. I'm going to tell them how to do their job. I don't think they listened (laughs) up at first sight and gave it its proper shrift. You know, (laughs) There's one person out out there that loves this movie. Have you ever seen Love at First Sight, Dan Aykroyd's first movie? Oh, that's <laughs> And Love at First Sight is number one on his list. What? Is, they appear to be in order. So. And the tagline on the VHS box is, Dan Aykroyd is one hilarious blind date. Oh, no. And no. Yeah, read us the box. Read us the, the synopsis no, on the box. It, it's making it sound like he's... He plays a he, he plays a perfectly normal this is gonna sound weird. He plays a perfectly normal blind man. He's not he's not overcompensating. He's not trying to be, you know, I'm blind, but I'm not letting it get me down. I'm wacky. Yeah. And he's also not super depressed because I mean he's playing it. I give him credit for it. he's he's playing it as I think a a person who has adjusted to their blindness. I think that's exactly how he played it. He's yeah. not over the top wacky. He's not over the top, you know, life sucks. It's, as you said, I believe he's blind. I, I think Ackroyd did the best he could with what he had, but there was just nothing there. There was no. nothing, nothing to, in this movie. No, the, the, the script is what really hurts this one because there is nothing. There's no plot. There's no story. There's nothing. It's it's a couple falls in love and goes to Niagara Falls on vacation. That's it. It's it's basically her picking up Dan Aykroyd constantly during the film. Yeah. That's that's the thing. She's always picking him up for one reason or another. And you yes, no plot, no arc. And to me, as you brought it up, the most hilarious the movie I wanted to see was the was the, the ending they described in the song. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to put the song at the end of this of the end of the podcast. And as soon as the movie ends, the song picks up and it's just like it's an epilogue. Well, here's what happened. We ran out of money, but here's what happened between the two. Yeah. Yeah. So I it's, yeah, instead of showing us them opening up the restaurant, like, like I said, you know, her turning over the sign from closed to opener for the first time or something like that. No, no, they're just they just hired uh, some unknown Canadian country singer to, you know, spin a little tune there. Well, you know, the uh, you know, the first rule of filmmaking, t- tell, don't show. Tell, don't show. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would be surprised if that was Dan Aykroyd himself. To be honest, that sang that song. Uh, no, no, they say who it was. Uh, I'll, I'll oh, look okay. up. Yeah, I, I, I did see that in the end credits. But I, I wanted to point out uh, the reason why we've never heard of Mary Ann McDonald. Uh, if you look at her IMDb list, it's not very extensive. And it no. ends in 1993 with her doing a TV miniseries called Exploring Ontario's Provincial Parks. 
this poor woman did not really break through like Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> hey, now I recognize now, her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, she, oh, that was her? Yeah. <laughs> Oh. You know the beginning of that is what's her what's her name? Marianne McDonald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Marianne McDonald. You may remember me from the film Love at First Sight. Yeah, I'm Ontario. <laughs> I'm I'm Love at First Sight's Marianne McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> but she was only on three of those. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I, Sorry, we just devolved. Well, we, only so many, we only have so many provincial parks, Derek. That's oh, there was only three episodes. Okay, yeah, <laughs> it was so, it's like Algonquin Park and then two others. Like, yeah. <laughs> even as a curiosity factor, I couldn't recommend this movie. It's to, because Mark, when you say this scene made me laugh, you're saying it made you laugh in the wrong way. Not it, it, yeah, I was so in, incredulity. Yes. It wasn't. It wasn't the joke they were trying to tell. It was the fact that he was so blown away just learning that this guy in front of him is blind, mm. and that's not what they was going for. Like it didn't. <laughs> when they were going for laughs, I didn't laugh. Let's put it that way at all. I would recommend it. What under 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 very very specific cases. A. Okay. If you could find a copy of it, <laughs> yes, because I tried like hell to find it. Um, B, if you had a bunch of your friends with you, and C, if you were all drunk and making fun of it as you were going along, riff track style or mystery science theater 3000 style, you got to be drinking the stubbies while you're watching the movie. I was just gonna say that yeah, you have to be drinking the stubbies. Labat 50 all around, you know, we get a case of Labat 50 on ice and watch this movie. Um, also, contact Scott if you want to borrow his copy, because that's the only way you're going to get one. I think he's going to have to so. I, will rent, <laughs> I will rent this copy. I will rent the copy. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're interested to where it all started with Ackroyd, because this is not. Ackroyd is the straight man in this movie and this Marianne McDonald, she's supposed to be the funny one. Uh, Ackroyd does a good job as a straight man, but she is, uh, and once again, I don't want to blame her. It's the, it's the script and the directing. She did what she she did, what she did with what she had. If you, it's, it's hard to get through on one watch because literally nothing happens uh, for the 85 minutes. There's not, there's not one, there's not even a high point where you're like, Oh, nothing like that. So. Uh, sure, there is when they go outside of the Ontario Hydro. Oh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> if you're from Toronto or Niagara Falls, then yeah, I think if, you're... if you're from Ontario's Ontario. horseshoe, you, yeah, you, the horseshoe por- portion of it, you might get it. But uh, well, I mean, I, I mean, I've been to tourists well, down in Niagara Falls, so I saw sure, it, but but still, I mean, I didn't do anything as luxurious as Ontario Hydro, but still, I saw some of it. <laughs> yeah. I guess or I missed. Or Canuck Hotel. Or can, I never Canuck stayed at the Canuck Hotel. Yeah, I wonder if it's still there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look that one up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna guess no. All right. Uh, hey, before we go, plug your podcast. Sorry, let me plug the Canuck Inns Inn and Suites uh, in Niagara Falls. Actually, <laughs> it's still is, there. Is it still open? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I could get your pricing. I think right here. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, As yeah, well, pictured in the movie, love at first sight. <laughs> I wonder. If, 
I wonder if they have the only other copy of this on VHS. <laughs> So there's the one you have, the one at the Kentucky yeah. Fried Chicken, and then... <laughs> yeah, there's three of them. There's one at the Kentucky Fried Chicken, there's one at the Canuck Hotel, and Scott White has one. Yes. <laughs> I think Ackroyd might have gone, like, um, the uh, Star Wars Holiday Special, how George Lucas wants the, every copy of that to be destroyed. I think Ackroyd might be going around destroying all the VHS tapes of Love at yeah. First Sight. <laughs> yeah, I can see why. We'll have to let him know that you have it. Uh, yes. Yeah, our <laughs> podcast. Uh, you can find us uh, anywhere. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere. Uh, it's the Or Is It Movie podcast. We also have the Film Studies podcast. The Film Studies, where we take a look at new movies, such as they are nowadays. Yeah. Uh, or Is It we did, podcast? We did just review Wonder Woman. So, Wonder yeah, Woman that's true. Yep. Um, and our year in review show. Uh, the Or Is It one, we just released one with Scott White. It's uh, where we try to find the real story behind the story. Um, and we did, uh, what was it? The Steven Seagal movie, Hard yeah. to Kill? Yes, Hard to Kill. I was just listening to that one, actually, just for just for fun. Yeah. Um, and you can and also I, find us all at CanadianMovieCrew.com as well. Right, and when you're searching iTunes or Stitch or anything, look for uh, search for Canadian Movie Crew. Don't look up, yeah. or is it, or Film Studies. That's not us. It's a, We have two sub-podcasts kind of going from our, our one website. Main feed, yeah. I will. I'll put the link to your website in the description of this show. Oh, thank, thank you. you very much. I want to thank my guests, uh, Derek and Mark, and as they said, check me out on their podcast. We just did the Steven Seagal movie, so yeah. After you get done listening to this one, click over there and listen to that one. I'll see everybody here next time on the Dan Aykroyd podcast. To support this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com slash Scott White and give what you're able. If you're listening on iTunes, please give a review. That should help people find this podcast. And no matter what services you use to listen, please leave feedback. We always want to improve. Thank you for listening to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast.